0: EV Comply, simplifying your charge point installations. And just like that, it's Christmas Eve. Eve. Now, I want to start this podcast by thanking every single one of you. Uh, the pod has gone from strength to strength. We've got loads of subscribers, loads of plays, loads of downloads. And obviously, without you, that wouldn't be possible. I absolutely love being a part of this thriving EV industry sector. It's exciting, it's fast moving, and it looks like this sector is going to be moving into 2023 with great strength and I will still be providing you the podcast but from everybody here at EV Comply we would like to thank you and we do wish you and your own a fantastic Christmas and a great new year we will be having a little bit of time off because we've got some very exciting things here at EV Comply in the pipeline of which we will be sharing with you at the start of the new year. But I just thought to round up this year, it would be nice to have a listen back onto some of my favourite interviews. Merry Christmas. Cannot believe it, which means it's taken me 26 weeks to get EV Comply CEO Stephen Smith to actually come and have a chat with us on our own podcast hey hey
1: chelsea how are you doing yeah,
0: good afternoon
1: good.
0: <laughs> how are your arms since i've had to twist both of them to get you on here yeah,
1: not too bad actually no I, I, no it's a pleasure to come on obviously i've been reluctant as you know to, to come on <laughs> yes. this but the idea of the podcast was not to promote ev comply it was to promote the sector as a whole and and the industry and all the fantastic things that are happening and and um, whether it be the businesses or the technology oh so, yeah that's what that's why this is took you 26 weeks yeah. to get <laughs> <Get> me on.
0: <laughs> we have spoke to some great people, haven't we? There's, there's been a lot of people actually over the 26 weeks that we've had a chat with. I'm joined with Paul Kirby, head of EV and LCV at Vanarama, the UK's leading independent commercial and personal vehicle online leasing company with nearly 30 years experience. A massive hello, Paul Kirby.
2: Well, hello. Gosh, I sound really important.
0: You do? Well, we did actually <laughs> think about placing a print or legend at the beginning but as you kindly stated lag would be better
2: <laughs> i think so definitely
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today we really do appreciate it
2: no it's, it's a joy to be with you and uh, it's always good to have an opportunity to talk about the things that we're going to cover today uh vans and cars moving to electric vehicles and so one thing that we've actually done with electric vehicles in particular is actually give away something so this isn't this is a part of our proposition, but it's around making life easy for the customer, and it is to give away an electric vehicle charger at your home. So that's you know, something that came out from research was that people were scared of electric vehicles. How do I charge them? When you can wake up every morning with the vehicle on your drive with a full charger, you can be really confident when you go to use that vehicle. So we wanted to make our customers more confident in this transitional phase running up to 2030 when of course all vehicles will be electric
0: the um results basically said that 83 percent of commercial vehicle customers would consider an electric van as the next vehicle or car and um, for their business in particular however 90 percent did admit to not really knowing enough about ev and maybe being a little <laughs> bit apprehensive
2: it's good good that you bring that out that, that research was very enlightening and um, and the one of the most enlightening aspects of it was the commentary that came back. So we, you know, we obviously had some yes, no answers that got us to the, the, all the percentages. But what was also interesting was um, that the, we gave them some free type text, you know, where people would just say, you know, this will never work or, you know, uh, loads of feedback with lots of different things. But there was all around, really, we don't know enough no idea what this is it sounds like a really good idea i want to help the planet but you know it won't go far enough i I can't charge it quick enough and all of these are are actually quite relevant in some cases because we're not ready certainly from a van or a commercial vehicle point of view we're not ready to change everything to electric today cars are, are growing faster but um but the commercial vehicle world is is not quite so much but one of the things that we have found that is the charging bit is really important so understanding charging you know how do I charge at home how do I charge at a workplace so you might have a charge point fitted to your offices companies now doing that and then uh, out in the public world and this is where it gets a little bit complicated and um, the charge point providers themselves don't always help uh, because they make it complicated they make you want to go to their one or two hundred charge points rather than everybody go to any available charge point and it's no one uh, network is big enough to serve the whole of the uk so you can't rely on just one type of charging unfortunately and so interoperability um which is basically the ability to go to any charger and just pay for the energy is has been one of the things that's uh you know we're questions and problems that we're trying to solve with our customers. And we you know we've got some ideas that are not quite there yet that are just around the corner. Um but also the other aspect of of what people want is that education. They want to know more and they want to have a place where they can come, they can look at vehicles, they can um understand about charging, they can ask the questions that they want to ask. um, And not feel stupid about it but and, and be able to kind of navigate to those answers so there's no better place than the web page and we're, we're just about to launch our ev hub or grid as i think we're going to call it um, where people can just come in and kind of get everything that they need
0: so i'm currently joined with sam clark chief vehicle officer at Gridsurf, who are in fact the brains behind the uk's first electric ball court. hello sam
3: Hi, Chelsea. Nice to be here. Hi.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. So, I mean, I think I've just said it, the UK's first electric forecourt. That's a pretty cool claim for you to have, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it may even be the first one in the world. We're not entirely sure, but we certainly think it's uh, its definitely the best, or well, the first one in the UK, yeah. So we're incredibly proud to get it up and running now. In, now. in a challenging time as well,
0: of course. Well, of course. I mean... Fortunately, the EV sector is going even during this challenging time from strength to strength, which is brilliant. And the fact you have been able to, you know, still plow on and get it done is, is great. So, I suppose really what I first want to know is how did you pick the site? Choosing the site must have been hard because it's the first one, you know, how did you go about choosing that?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of over 100 sites we're going to build around the country in the next five years. So, we've got really, really um, fierce ambitions to get that done. Um, the one in Braintree in Essex just happened to be one that um, the stars aligned first with. And we've got, a, we've got a very complex data set that we have to analyze to see what the best location is. And it's it's based on a lot of parameters, but things like um, uh, vehicle movements around the busy roads, and it's on a very busy uh, dual carriageway, and the A131 in Great Notley with thousands of cars uh, traveling down that road every single day. Um, then we've got a grid connection considerations. Um, as well as where our energy is coming from, we, we build and own solar farms as well. So we've got a we've got a location 44 miles down the road, which is a 60-acre uh, solar farm, which is generating all the energy for site, as well as um, as well as other other means of use of that energy. So so yeah, there's, there's a number of different things. Obviously, the demographic, the population. But there's all sorts of things which, which go into the mix, uh, and then of course all the planning constraints and, and the uh, you know, the substation upgrades or building of substations, etc. So i have got a five megawatt grid connection on site, which is pretty big, as well as yeah. six megawatt hours of energy stored as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's a seriously uh, serious site and, and takes an awful lot of effort to get all those things uh, set up so that we can go live.
0: And how many years in the planning was this before it came to actual fruition?
3: Well, our CEO, Toniton Harper, I think he had the, the idea of this about three years ago.
0: Right.
3: Uh, we spent the last two years preparing for this one, and I think uh, we broke ground earlier in the year on this site and, and, and got it up and running just before the end of the year, which is great. Uh, but you know, we, we've taken our time. It's the first of many, so we wanted to, to make sure we try and get as much of it right as possible. I think we've done that, um, and then hopefully, as we roll more out across the, the next few years, we'll be able to speed things up a little bit, do things concurrently. A lot of the design work has been modular, so that we we can you know recreate the same the same exercise multiple times so hopefully we'll we'll crack on from here at uh, quite
0: a pace I'm joined with Gordon Rootledge who is the technology editor of eFix hey Gordon
4: Chelsea I'm really pleased to be along so yes and and you see where we are now a few years on energy is always in the news EVs are always in the news everybody's interested in it everyone wants to talk about it so yeah great opportunity and that's what kind of led us to doing eFix
0: about eFix and how obviously that came about and Obviously, so you've got a YouTube page now with how many subscribers? That
4: uh, are just about, uh, hopefully in the next week, we'll be up to uh, 250,000 subscribers. Uh, and we just, last week, went uh, was great because all the team was together, we've passed 250 million views. Uh, the Crazy
0: video. figures. Like you say, you know, it is an industry that people are interested in. So how was e born then? How did you, particularly the YouTube side of things, because normally to get people who, you know, aren't media trained or whatever in front of a camera is a difficult one. And you all do it so brilliantly. Um, but how did you think, do you know what, actually we think this requires a visual.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a strange though. Really. So our original plan, because I've been in a business where I did trade shows, was a great business and that's what we set eFix up to do to do small trade shows we're, we're bobbing around the country doing things for electricians, pop-up events and um, obviously lockdown came along so we, we had uh, we had 20 events planned just going into the start of lockdown we had to cancel them all and we always had the YouTube channel sort of ticking around in the background because that's what one of my colleagues, Gary and Joe, had, had already built quite successful uh, channels in the space. So we thought, like, well, what are going to do? <laughs> this is an absolute disaster. This whole lockdown, so we're going to have to double down on the YouTube channel. Um, so the, the, our studio's in Skipton, uh, and that was really built to store stuff for our live events. So we literally had to take the stages that we used to use on the road, and that became our first bench. When we looked at our early videos, it was basically, <laughs> what can we use as a table? Because bear <laughs> mind, nothing was open, you couldn't yeah, get anything. I and, love and, this. And, and we started uh, going to YouTube. Um, and, and, yeah, so, so doing sort of, I guess, we always try and give some form of education in the videos, regardless of how you know crazy or off the wall we go in mean, them. There's always, hopefully, an element of learning in there. And then we we just built the channel from there, and then we just started. So. and we're all, I, I mean, for us, we're all big fans of Top Gear, so we're not uh, not averse to stealing formats from <laughs> from other <laughs> shows and try to adopt it for the, for electricians.
0: <laughs> fabulous i love it and it's always delivered with a lot of high energy a big smile and a lot of banter i find your videos very very funny now you've gone on from so i'm currently joined with gary frost who is in fact head of rolex ev contractor relations hello gary
1: yep no it's uh, great to be here and appreciate you inviting me chelsea thank you
0: this week we've been touching upon obviously the fact that you know are we going to reach a point where there's a lot of electric vehicles and there aren't the charging facilities which I think you've kind of touched upon and I think sadly that's looking lightly isn't it unless we kind of massively pull our socks up so this week I've been asking people would you be willing to share your charge point with a neighbor Um, because they reckon that maybe you know kind of cross charging um, sharing of charging would be a good way forward what do you think about that or do you think maybe there's a better solution out there
1: Um, I think it's uh, an option I I guess firstly it depends on your relationship with your neighbor Um, you know if you if you don't like each other then (laughs) yeah that's probably not going to be a viable option but but yeah if if you know if if you're friendly with them then I guess yeah I don't know how you would do that in terms of I suppose you're having to rely on them or yourself paying for what you what you use of course um we have a, a, an app based solution like that. Um, so you could see all of your usage on your home smart app. Um, but then it's showing, you, you know, I don't quite know how that would work in terms of which vehicle would charge. Perhaps you'd have to meter that in a separate way. Um, so, yeah, I'm not opposed to that idea at all. Um, we, we definitely know there's going to be an issue with um, on street charging, you know, as we as we all go towards electric vehicles. Um,
0: With Sophie Adams who is Head of Consumer Experience at Ozev. Hey Sophie. Hi. It's so nice, as I've said to you before, um, to be talking to a girl in this industry, because they're
5: kind of few and far between still, which is sad. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there are a lot of women that I've seen now sort of come into this sector, and that is hugely exciting, and there's some great role models, which I'm to be honest that I'm really happy about. Now,
0: um for those who don't know, the majority of the people listening to this podcast will probably be very familiar with Ozev, but for people who don't know, what is your role within the company and what is kind of OZEV as a whole?
5: So OZEV is the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles and our focus really is to support the decarbonisation of transport so we can start to tackle climate change and meet our long-term targets to get to a sustainable future. But what we really want to do is reduce emissions to improve air quality, reduce carbon emissions and help the future generation. And my role is to improve the consumer experience. So consumers can use the charging infrastructure really easily to make sure that they want to buy EVs and that people can really easily travel wherever they want to, across the UK, even go into Europe, and that this process of charging is really easy, simplified, and everyone is happy. And for example, on World EV Day, we had announced uh, more detail on sort of what we're going to do in the near future but to be honest we're looking at how we can make sure that the grant makes the most difference and constantly keeping them under, the, under review so what do consumers need what do installers need um, and really understanding what what is the function of all of this.
0: Another week another podcast here at EV Comply and I'm actually joined with a special guest a huge hello to Will Maiden who is in fact the co-founder of v- Fuse. Hello. Hey, Will, are you all right?
6: Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? How are you yeah. doing?
0: Yes. Thank you. No one asks me, Will. <laughs> no, I'm joking. People ask me a lot. I am good. I am good. Like most very busy, as we've just said before, off mic. Now, Fuse is an operating system for EV chargers, isn't it? Do you want to elaborate on that, Will, for the listeners for me?
6: Yeah, I can do. It's um, So, we're a, a, a UK-based uh, firm. Uh, And we've created a hardware agnostic charge point management solution. Um, So what does that really mean? Well, um, we can work with pretty much any OCPP charger out there. So you can get all of your chargers, regardless of brand and make and manufacturer, on the same system and benefiting from the same uh, innovations that we've pushed through our platform. So... Um, yeah, so we we offer offer that centralised um, view of charge points, basically.
0: Okay, so I'm going to say something, maybe a little controversial, but how smart is smart charging really? Well, <laughs> well uh,
6: it's, it's it's genuinely a really interesting question. We. Uh, <laughs> We spend quite a lot of time uh, inwardly debating that and outwardly debating it and talking with organizations uh, like Innovate UK and, and other government bodies about what, what is smart charging? Because there's a lot of, I would say misconceptions, but misconceptions is probably the wrong word. There's a lot of different views as to what makes up smart charging. Um, so from one extreme, people will say, well, smart charging is just a charger that's connected to the Internet. Um, so if you have a, a wireless connection, a wired connection, or a cellular connection to the internet, if it can be controlled from outside, that's smart charging. Absolutely on the other end, there's the, there's the point of view where you plug in, you don't have to do anything, and the car, uh, the car and the charger work together and charge your car so that it's ready for when you leave. So there's a real variety in between there, and there's a variety of what can be included and what isn't included in smart charging. Um, I mean, it, it got so confusing that uh, we, we tried to, and we have actually defined, and I can share this with anyone who's interested, a, a sort of four-point different plan as to what we think makes smart charging right right down to what's included, whether it includes looking at the the building to check there's power to do this, or whether it includes looking at the historical use of the vehicle to predict usage. We've got sort of four different levels that we quite happily share with people to try and get some standard.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it, really? I mean, this is happening. It's a movement that obviously is going forth whether people like it or not. But I do think, you know, the regulation is very scarce in this sector, isn't it?
6: Yeah, and I, and I think the, the requirements are very different depending on what you're looking at as well. A home user having a smart charging solution um, is beneficial for them, but, but it's a very different problem and a very different solution to a fleet having a smart charging solution just by the sheer number of vehicles attached and, and, and the calculations that need to be carried out.
0: And this week on the pod, we've got Grace Webb. Hello, thank you for having me. For the listeners who don't know about you, uh, Grace is the presenter and the face of Driving Electric, which is an online platform that basically talks about everything, Grace, doesn't it, to do with electric cars. You've got facts, advice, reviews, and all that kind of stuff, haven't you? Yeah, exactly that. So you can mainly find Driving Electric on YouTube or on their website, and like you say, it's just full of information that people might want to know to turn to Driving Electric fabulous and what people i'm sure will know is that you are actually a part of the team for fifth gear aren't you so um in its 29th series this is really exciting we loved this fifth gear went fully electric and um, it's now fifth gear recharged we love that name and your, (laughs) your role there grace is to investigate everything to do with electric, basically. And that's always been your role, hasn't it? Like renewable energy, the extending range. So, like my nieces and nephews will probably, they, they might drive a petrol uh, petrol or diesel car once or twice as a gimmick, but as a day-to-day car, they'll probably only have electric cars. And it's, yes, strange to think that the world is changing quite rapidly. Thank you for listening and a massive thank you to all of the contributors who have been featured on the pod and for all that they've contributed towards the EV industry.